Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 729. You know, if there's something that you want to do, figure out how to do it. You know, learn about it, research it, stay with it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Amy Lerner. Hey, Amy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I have got my five-point harness all clicked in, and I am ready to go. Ready to rock and roll through the dirt. Amy Lerner is an off-road racer, driver, and adventurer. After a career on Wall Street and as a stay-home mom, Amy competed in Morocco's rally Aisha de Gazelles, an all-female international endurance rally in the Sahara Desert. She competed in the demanding expert class, and she also won the Echo Driving Challenge. And in 2013, she competed on the grueling 25,000-kilometer Australia-Asian Safari Rally and won overall production class and became the first woman to win the Dakar Challenge in her class. Recently, Amy raced in the Mint 400, a U.S. desert race, riding with past cars, yeah, I guess, Shelby Hall. And Amy trained with the legendary Rod Hall, who is Shelby's grandfather. Amy's driven Jay Leno off-road on his television show, Jay Leno's Garage. And you'll soon see her on Brian Johnson's show, Cars That Rock. You get around, my friend. So, Amy, I have told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share just a little bit more about what you're up to with this driving and your passion for going out in the dirt and having fun? Sure. For me, uh, off-road racing is kind of a new phenomenon. I had grown up with a dad who loved and collected antique cars, and I think from birth, I was out there, you know, working with him as much as I could and had always been into everything automotive. Thought I would maybe get into a little road racing, went and did a racing school, was about to uh, take on a couple of their little club races and found myself pregnant. And that kind of put any racing aspirations I had on hold. Right. And about a decade, maybe a little more went by and I read a newspaper article on this off-road multi-day adventure across Morocco and something about it just kind of caught my eye. And I went and put it in front of my husband and I said, honey, I think I found my midlife crisis. Oh my gosh. He he read the story and he's like, well, okay, that sounds interesting. You know, see what you can find out. And if it's something you really want to do, let's, let's see what we need to do to make it work for you. And I did. And then kind of the off-road bug hit me. And that was about seven years ago. And I've been uh, competing in a variety of formats, whatever I can since then and look forward to doing some more if I can. Well, this is incredible to me. I'm trying to imagine my wife, we've been married for 32 years, coming up and saying, hey, I want to go to the Sahara Desert and drive across the desert with a whole bunch of women. Uh, See you later. It would blow me away. And so that is pretty amazing. Although you had an interest in racing before, so that spirit was there somehow. You know, I'm dumbfounded here because I have had... Oh, my gosh. Let me name them off here. I've had Shelby Hall, of course, who's your co-driver in the Mint 400. Emily Miller, who started that rally. Andrea Schaefer, Michelle Davis, Charlene Bauer, Rhonda Cahill, Rachel Croft, Amy Hall. All these ladies who have jumped into these cars and got on these adventures. And many of them, like your first one, had never done this before. So before I jump into my next question here, what clicked in your mind that made you think, I should go and drive a car through the Sahara Desert? 
I don't know that it was any one specific thing. I think it was probably just the right opportunity at the right time. Mm. And it was so far outside of anything that I had ever done Mm -hmm. that it just was an incredible challenge. I just, you know, I couldn't couldn't pass up the opportunity. And I learned a lot that first time out and learned a lot about myself and learned a lot about taking chances and having an idea and following through, even if you're not 100 percent sure it's going to work out having the confidence to to go for it. Wow. Was really an important thing. I commend you. Kudos to you. Wow, what a great adventure and you just continued ever since. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying or a mantra that has some meaning to you and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Amy, take the wheel. Mine is probably at risk of sounding like a certain sneaker ad we all know. Just do it. <laughs> yes. You know, have the have the confidence to take the chance and have the have the confidence to know that if you fail or you don't succeed in the way that you thought you would, you're still going to give it everything you can and you're going to learn from the experience and then you'll think about what you're going to do next. Wow, that's really awesome. Great. Well, let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. You talked about your dad having antique classic cars, which is very cool. But is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized that you were following in his footsteps, but you're going to be a car gal? You know, I was thinking about this, and I can't really point to one moment because cars were just something that was always a part of my life. You know, he had uh, he had Model T's, Model A's. Um, he was a big American pre-war guy and pre-war meaning, you know, World War II. Yes. So some really, I've had a chance to drive some really, really old stuff. Oh, and my goodness, I yeah. just I just always, always loved it. I loved driving. I started driving in a 1950 Dodge pickup truck kind of around <laughs> the yard in the back. I hijacked my brother's go-kart when he got it a couple of years later and spent you know, every second I could out there and all of my allowance went to gas. So it's always been a part of my life. Ah, oh, what fun. Uh, you know, and especially pre-war cars, they take a certain talent and skill because there was such a big transition after the war of how cars started to evolve. And yep. those pre-war cars, yeah, they're a challenge. I have a neighbor across the street that used to have a Model T and he would take me for a ride and I'd just look down going, what's with the pedals? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything's backwards and in the wrong place. So uh, great fun. Well, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the many dusty, dirty roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood, get our fingernails a little dirty here and ask you to share a big challenge or a huge failure that you faced along the way, perhaps in your driving and racing and the things you've been doing. But the most important part of this is how you overcame it and what it taught you. So kind of take us to that place in time and walk us through and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum. Sure. Probably in my off-road career, probably the biggest challenge that I faced was heading to Morocco in 2013 for the Gazelle Rally. Mm -hmm. I had at that point a Jeep that I'd already competed in in Morocco that was built by American Expedition Vehicles for me. And we had a, we had a great, great trip in 2012 and I shipped it back over for the 2013 event and, um, it never got there. Well, actually, I'm sorry, it got there, but it got there late. Oh, and no. The, the week up to leading up to the event was just constant stress of the Jeep's going to be, it'll be there, it won't be there, it'll be there, it won't be there. And then finally, about two days before the event, we got the final, it's not going to be here on time. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I can't and even it, imagine what that does to your spirit. Well, it was a it was a challenge yeah. because at that point, the organization that runs the event doesn't give you your money back because your shipping got messed up because they're not involved in that in any uh, way. So there's I a see. significant amount of money that's already spent right. on the rally itself. 
uh, you've got plane tickets, you've got everything. Oh, and, yeah. uh, my sister who was navigating it with me at the time and I just talked about it and we said, you know what? Let's see what we can do to make this work. Mm-hmm. We ended up finding a rental vehicle. We ended up competing. Um, it wasn't our best competition because we were obviously off our game yeah. the way everything started. But really, it just it was a it was a pure, you know, how do you make lemonade out of the lemons situation? Yeah. yeah. And we could have just gone home and cried or, yes. <laughs> or been sad or done whatever we did. But we kind of managed to still have that experience, even though it was not the way we thought it was going to be. We ended up having to give back some sponsorship dollars, but we learned a lot about our ability to just carry on. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of what off-road driving is all about is uh, overcoming, but to to start an event without a vehicle. Oh my gosh. I don't think it could get any worse than that. Wow. Well, great uh, lesson there in perseverance and tenacity, which you obviously have a lot of both of those skills. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call one of those aha moments. It's a time when the headlights kind of illuminate your way in a new direction. Probably brings back memories of being in the desert in the middle of the night. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Looking at racing as a as kind of a, a little bit more than just a one-off hobby, we decided in, again, in 2013, after that debacle of shipping early in the year, that we were going to go to Australia to compete in the Australasian Safari Rally. And this was something that was totally different than anything I'd ever done. Uh, It was a speed race, seven days, about 2,500 miles across Western Australia. Wow. And hadn't really had a lot of experience in that type of thing. I did have a guy, you know, we mentioned Rod Hall, who I was able to talk to and and get some mentoring from to get us positioned properly. But we kind of went there thinking, well, Let's just have a go and see what happens. And after a couple of days in, realized, you know what? I can do this. And <laughs> yeah. ended up finishing strong and, wow. uh, you know, won our class, won production overall, won the Dakar Challenge. And it was just, uh, it was really a great experience from the perspective of, hey, I'm, I'm okay at this. I can, I can do this. You know, and to to realize that you you come in with, the, with expectations, and I think that the people in the in the bivouac and some of the other racers may have had a little bit of a pool going of when those women from America <laughs> were going to blow up or break or something. Yeah, and we, I just we kept going. Wow. Now the difference between the two rallies. Explain to the listeners a little bit because you've got one that is a speed race, the Australian race, and the other right. one is definitely not a speed race. So what's the difference between the two? Just in kind of a brief way to explain it to the listeners of what we're talking about. Yep. The Gazelle Rally is a navigation rally, and it is a rally where you try to get from point A to point B in the shortest possible distance, and you choose where you drive. So if the straightest line includes, you know, a really rocky riverbed and some high sand dunes, you decide, can I handle it? Can Mm. my vehicle handle it? Mm. Are we going to go that way? So you get yourself in some situations where you're really challenged with your driving skills and with the terrain, but you're not doing it at speed. You're doing it to try to stay the straightest line. And the uh, Australasian Safari Rally was actually a speed event in the format similar to the Dakar rally where you get a road book in the beginning of the day and you have not seen the course. You, there's no pre-running. You just get on the starting line and you follow the directions as fast as you can. Wow. Now is that similar to like the mint 400 you just competed in? Similar. Yes. In that there's, there's no pre-running the mint 400 you're using GPS tracks to follow. And the, the course itself is very well marked and it's multiple laps of the same course. This, the, Australia event was 
different terrain every day and there is no GPS tracking. Oh, You're wow. not following a line on GPS. You've got someone sitting next to you saying, you know, in 300 meters, there's a gate. Then you make a left, you make a right. You've got this coming up. You've got that coming up. Okay. So it's really about communication in that situation with your co-driver. Yeah, very much like a rally race. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you watch some of those on uh, YouTube and I just, oh man, those guys are dancing on a razor thin wire. <laughs> I just can't yes. believe Yep. Holy cow. Left, maybe. Right, maybe. Sharp, right, maybe. Oops, we're in the trees. Oh, well, it's over. Yeah, that's <laughs> when it doesn't work. <laughs> well, how about a broader's career moment? I would assume you've had many because you've won some uh, very prestigious awards on these events you've participated in. But is there one that really stands out for you? Um, Before this past weekend, I probably would have said finishing the Australasian Safari Rally in the position that we did without getting a single penalty the entire time. Wow. Today, having just completed the mid 400, uh, raced a lap of that with Shelby Hall. And again, that that was my first sort of desert race Mm -hmm. experience. And we came in third. Wow. Awesome. By 10 and a half seconds. We were 10 and a half seconds out of second place. Oh my gosh. Um, That's so close. was just, I mean, phenomenal. And to be able to take part in that with Shelby, you know, in Rod's Bronco, yeah. uh, amazing. Yeah, you guys were in that uh, Bronco that she spoke about when she was on Cars Yeah, that classic car that was uh, the family's vehicle way back when and found in a junkyard and brought back to life. So, uh, yep. Very cool to be doing that with Shelby, with the Halls, on that yeah. course. Oh, man. You're a very fortunate lady, for sure. Amazing. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and, again, go back in time. I'd love for you to talk about your first special car. You talked about swiping your, your brother's go-kart, so <laughs> we'll bypass that one. But is there a first car that you got that was really special for you? And maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle. If I look back, my answer would be different than probably what I was when I was driving the cars at the time. Probably <laughs> driving it at the time was uh, when I got a, a new Miata. Oh, cool. Fun. Uh, of course, it was red. Oh, yeah. You know, first little zippy sports car was a lot of fun. But yeah. looking back, probably I would think in hindsight, the coolest one that I drove in the early days was the 73 Cadillac Eldorado I Ooh. told around it in high school. Oh, my gosh. That's quite a car to have in high school. Oh, that, my goodness. looking back, was your parents saying, I need to get you as much metal in, as possible. Well, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, you got a lot of protection around you versus a little sporty Miata. Yep. Wow. Well, what's a maybe a memory you have with that vehicle? Because that's a monster of a car. Oh, that would probably be just, you know, high school weekends, piling yeah. in way more kids than you can and just <laughs> cruising around. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, that'd be that'd be super fun. Well, how about a car you've owned and let go? Is there one that you wish was back in your garage? Hmm, not personally, but there's one of my dad's that I kind of wish I had the ability to buy. Oh, yeah. What's that? He had a 1924 Springfield Silver Ghost. Oh, that's a really unique car. It was a grand dame. You know, it was exquisite. It was another lifestyle representative of just another time, another world, and just so beautiful. Oh, yes, most definitely. Wouldn't that be fun to have? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Well, I like to ask people what they're really excited and fired up about today. And one of the things I know you're involved with is you're currently producing a documentary on the uh, absolutely extraordinary racing career of the off-road legend Rod Hall, which we talked about. And I understand uh, you'll be chronicling the road to his 50th Baja 1000 race, which takes place later this year. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that and anything else that you have planned up this year that has you really excited. Yeah, that that is what I've been dedicating most of my time to. Um, we've been filming for a little bit over a year, and uh, it just kind of ran into Rod. We saw him at SEMA maybe a year and a half ago and had this 
crazy idea. And he I was the right person in the right place at the right time. And he said to me, you know, people have been asking me about doing something like this for a long time. But Amy, if you're going to do it, then I'll say yes. Wow. Woo. Okay. Now I have to figure out how to make a movie. Well, that was my next (laughs) question. How many films have you made? Is this the first one? This is this is the first one, but I seem to have a habit of stepping into things that I think I can do, even if I haven't done them before. And I have had tremendous luck getting a lot of really great people on the team, on my team with deep, deep experience in the film industry and just getting them. And they are as passionate about the story as 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 I am. And I think Rod has had a really important place in the history of off-road racing, off-road from a from a sort of a just an amateur's standpoint. He's trained a ton of people and he's got some great, great stories. And it's just been magical to be able to capture it and the dynamic and what's going on in his life as he looks at the end of this illustrious career. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. You know, you remind me of a quote by Sir Richard Branson where he says, if you have an opportunity to do something, step in and do it. Figure out how to do it later, if even if you don't know how to do it. That sounds like what you've done a lot That's of. Great. So, uh, yeah, kudos to you for that. Wow. Very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would Amy be and why? I would probably say that I would be a 2003 Audi RS6. Oh, now why an RS6? Because if you look at it, we did have one for a little while, uh-huh. super fun. It looks like a basic boring sedan, but it is incredibly well engineered. It's got a huge amount of power. It hugs the road, it handles like a dream, all while just looking like a sedan. <laughs> I see what you're saying here. So yeah. somebody would say, oh, there's a nice looking lady, but little do they know nice what's underneath. Nice suburban housewife. Yeah, yeah. Little do they know that what she does on the weekends is pretty wild and crazy. So, oh my goodness, that's awesome. Well, Amy, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark A Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA, SIPC.
Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Amy, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? From my dad, that you don't make money trading cars. <laughs> you, have to, you, have to, you have to start from a place of love and then if you would make a profit, all the better. Yeah, you know, I've heard that from so many guests, and I've had a lot of people who work for auction houses, and they work for companies where they buy and sell cars, but even they say the same thing. Unless you're in the business, buy something you love, because if the market flips around and you get stuck with that vehicle, at least you're stuck with something you enjoy. Good advice from your dad. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success over the years? My belief in my ability to get things done. Uh, yes, I, you've got a lot of that. That's absolutely clear to me. Now, about a resource, there's lots of great resources out there, but is there one or maybe two that you'd like to share? I don't know that I would have anything specific, um, only relating to that. If you ever find someone who's doing something that seems like something you want to do, just talk to them. Yeah. Ask them a lot of questions. Use, use the people you run into, and that's what I've had a great opportunity to do, and I've run into some really incredible people with some amazing amounts of knowledge about things. Absolutely. And I've got now 729 people on Cars Yeah that have done just that, including you, Amy. So yes, car car people love to share things. Yes. Yeah. Reach out. There's, there's always someone out there that's willing to help in any capacity. If you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased, who would it be? I will admit to a long-term uh, racer crush on Mario Andretti. Ah, okay. <laughs> Mario, yes, he just turned 80 this year. And I yeah, the guy looks pretty darn good for 80, that's for sure. I would yeah. love to get him on this show. But uh, yeah, what is it about Mario that you've always uh, looked up to him for? I just always, from from way back, thought he was just an astonishing driver. Mm, yeah. And just his skill with anything automotive. And um, yeah, that's just that he just seems like a cool guy, too. Yeah, you know what's great about Mario, too, is he. If people think of Indy 500, but that guy raced in all different kinds of race cars. Yep. I mean, throughout yep. his career. And I had a guest on a couple of years ago that told me about the day that he and his brother decided to go racing and they snuck his dad's car out of the garage and they flipped a coin to see which brother was going to drive the first time. And Mario won and the rest is history. So oh, wow. it's a little story I didn't know about them, but um, at any rate, kind of fun stuff. Now about a book. Is there a book you've read that you think the Cars Out listeners would enjoy? I read a lot of books that come to me for free via my Kindle Unlimited subscription. <laughs> so I tend to read a lot of stuff that is worth the price. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there one, you know, you sound like my wife. My wife, Jill, reads probably two books a week. I mean, her Kindle is yeah. always in front of her. She also downloads books from the library on it, which is pretty cool because those are all free. And yep. so she's an avid Kindle reader. Well, listeners, you can find uh, links to all these great resources Amy has shared on her show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Amy Learner. All right, Amy, we are up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. If you could have any very cool collector car in the world in your garage, money's no object, though. I'm going to buy you anything you'd like today. What would that vehicle be and why? 
This one I have an answer to. Okay. <laughs> uh, it would be a 1953 Bentley R-Type Continental. Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, that's a pretty special car. You know, I always say that Bentleys, in fact, somebody told me this one time, Rolls Royces are for people who want to show off. Bentleys are for the pure driver. So I'm glad you yep. chose a Bentley. But what is it about the R-Type Continental that just tugs tugs on your heartstrings? I couldn't tell you exactly when. Um, I saw one many, many years ago at a car show, mm-hmm. and they're just stunning. You know, they're just a, an incredible piece of automotive engineering, and the workmanship and the quality of the craftsmanship and the passion that goes into building one of those cars and went into building one of those cars, it's just obvious. And to me, that's just, I would. If I had one, I'd probably put it on a pedestal and I would just go pet it once in a while. <laughs> well, I hope you get in and drive it. And yeah, those are yeah. those are pretty amazing cars because they're two-door coupes. That's the car we're talking mm-hmm. about, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they were very much a gentleman, sportly, sporty car, but stately. I mean, yes. you know, you think about that, uh, somebody driving. And I will say ladies as well, of course, since we're talking to a lady. Uh, uh, yeah, they're there's something about them. They just have it's a, just an elegance and a yeah yeah a presence. And of course, that mm-hmm. era of cars with those big rolling fenders and uh, the big grill, kind of a Rolls Royce type grill, is uh, pretty darn special. What color would you like yours to be? Oh, that anything. Any yeah, doesn't like, matter. Doesn't matter. You're going to make it easy for me. Okay. Well, yep. <laughs> you know, uh, as we're recording this, Amelia Island and all the auctions are happening right now. So maybe I better uh, go on line here and see if I can find one rolling across case. the docket. Just in case they've got one right now, and then I'll, I'll drive it back to you. Very cool. Excellent. Well, <laughs> very nice. Well, Amy, you've taken us on an awesome ride, and I've really enjoyed your stories. So I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey with the Cars Yow listeners and me. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you head off into the sunset in that 53 Bentley R-Type Continental? I would just kind of reiterate what I said before. Um, you know, if there's something that you want to do, Figure out how to do it, you know, learn about it, research it, stay with it. You know, there's a lot of things that seem like, oh, no, I could never do that from the beginning. And 10 years ago, I wouldn't have said that I'd be doing what I'm doing now. I would have been like, no, that's, that's <laughs> the no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, here I am. And it's persistence. Yes, absolutely. Well, really proud of what you've done. It's absolutely fantastic. A great inspiration for everyone out Thank there you. who has dreamed about doing something, uh, you know what? Just do it. You can do it. Just learn about it and go out there and live life to its fullest. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you or follow along with what you're doing? I have a website, which is www.teamlearner.com. And then on social media, it is at Team Learner. Great. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to all these great resources on Amy's show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Amy Lerner in the search bar on that page will pop right up. Follow along with what she's up to because you never know what next great adventure Amy's going to be off on. Absolutely fantastic. Well, Amy, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your wonderful experiences with the Cars Yow listeners and with me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. It's great fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!